Anthony Crane, Devin Albertson. I'm going to call them our eight-man analyst of just many different hats they wear. Um, guys, th thanks for coming on again this week, discussing breaking down eight-man football. Before we get into it, I'll let each one of you kind of introduce yourselves on the platforms that you guys are, your Facebook living, posting stories, everything as we're doing. Yeah, um, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, Crane underscore Anthony. Uh, I give a lot of content to Devin, who shares it on the Mo Eight Man Twitter page and Facebook page, and so we kind of uh, group all that stuff together. And uh, you can also find some work of mine on Patreon. Uh, if you go to the top of my Twitter page, it'll uh, have the link there. Send you to the Patreon page. Yep, and for me, you find me on Twitter at Devin Albertson, and then Facebook and Twitter. Um, at Mo Eight Man Football, have all the content up there. I'll have the stats um, for Week One and Two. Probably posted there sometime this week once Marco just posts their stats, um, so you can kind of see the leaderboard in Missouri Eight Man stats through first two weeks. And we have standings, schedule, all that good stuff, all in all of Anthony's um, eight thousand articles he writes. So we get it all out there for you guys. All right, so let's get into it. Let's look at this week's Eight Man Football Poll Week Three. We'll go at the top five. Actually, I'll just say all 10 because there's only 10. Number one, Mountain City. Two, North Shelby. Three, Southwest Livingston. Four, Pattonsburg. Five, Stanbury. Six, Drexel. Seven, North Andrew. Eight, South Holt. Not only hold. Nine, Archie. And 10, Albany. That is the week three Missouri A-Man media poll. Guys, for you last week, and Devin, you said on football tonight that Platte Valley over Rockport may have been the surprise of the weekend because – I mean, Rockport's been toward the top for the last several years when they came down to eight-man football. Platte Valley's been rebuilding for a few years. They have the co-op. That one probably was a surprise. But what else stood out to you guys now that you've had a few days to reflect back on week three? Well, I'll start with Platte, Platte Valley since I was there. Um, it was <laughs> interesting. You know, I get there. Uh, you find out their head coach isn't there. Um, he's in quarantine. Uh, the quarterback has a concussion, and their number two running back is out. But then you know you get the first the kickoff, the onside kick, and Platte Valley's you know best player breaks his arm first play of the game. Um, but you still had to be impressed with the way Platte Valley came out, especially with uh, you know some running back that I didn't know anything about, and uh, I had been in their practice. He had you know two touchdowns, fifty-seven yards, another forty. Um, now, while Rockport was down a little bit, you had to be impressed with the way that Platte Valley both played defensively and to slow down Joey Heron and hold him to under 100 yards. Um, and then to, you know, regroup after losing Carter Luke and to get that win. Going yeah. along with Definitely. that. With... Go ahead, Devin. Go ahead. Okay, um, just for that game, I was really impressed with Platte Valley. I thought they had a chance. Uh, to win that before I realized their quarterback and the head coach, Rock, where another guy was out for them, and then before Carter Luke went out for Platte Valley. So, so many different factors changed in that game, but it was still a really good football game and good for Platte Valley. You said they became a down program the last few years. To get a good win like that versus a quality conference opponent and kind of set them up going forward after losing to Mountain City week one, it's good for a young team like that to learn how to win. That was one thing I really thought with Platte Valley for them going forward was huge for them. And from a historical standpoint, Platte Valley used to be South Nottaway. I mean, they used they used to be PVC and everything. I knew them pretty well. Grew up 15 minutes from them, so that's why. But, Anthony, when you look at this Platte Valley team, and I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, 
world beaters or anything like that. Just how improved do you think they are from just a year ago? Um, I think as a team overall, they're improved. Um, you lose Dalton Luke, who is, you know, one of the, in you know, the three years I've been doing this, one of the more impressive running backs you'll see, maybe not statistically, but with the group he had around him, there wasn't a ton of talent. Now this year, I think overall as a team, they are much better. You know, they have, 27 players out something like that um and now i think with the win friday this team uh goes from like a you know they're two wins a year they've had the last few years to now four wins is probably uh the floor for them i don't know if you know they're probably not going to beat uh east atchison south holt not away holt but they should beat well you know, this Friday will be interesting. I think we'll see where Northwest Nottaway and Platte Valley are. That should be a good game as well. But, yeah, I think this is a maybe a four-win team now compared to, you know, two wins the last couple of years. Yes, absolutely with them. And you said there with um, Riviera coming in, he had 174 yards and three scores there against Rockport. Uh, he gave no time. He didn't play last year. He's a bigger body for him. And he had 51 yards in the score for him as well in that game. So, Having those guys kind of back really helps them out a lot and kind of spreads the talent out across there. Because you saw with Dalton Luke for years, he was decent, but they didn't have a line to block for him. So he used kind of to shed three or four guys in the backfield for him, like line of scrimmage. This year, their backs have a little more room to run with their line. It's really helping the whole overall talent has risen there in Flat Valley. Yeah, and really impressive for Gabe, who hadn't really practiced running back and which is kind of thrown into the fire Friday night. So they, they should be set in that backfield. And I think Trevor McQueen – Gives them some athleticism at quarterback. He's got a decent arm. Uh, they they've got some skill position players that I think uh, could help them as they continue to grow into those positions because they're all new. You know, no, they don't return anyone for in those skill positions from last year. So I think they'll continue to improve as the weeks go on. Now looking ahead, at, you know, this week um, we we talked mainly about Platte Valley there, but. We know Mount City still the one in the media poll. North Shelby, Southwest Simpson. I mean, most of the top ten is undefeated. It's only been two weeks, but eight of the ten undefeated. Two top ten games this week: Mount City hosting Albany, and then Pattonsburg and North Andrew. Um, besides those two games, or if it, it may just be those two games too for you guys, what are you guys looking at this weekend? The game I'm going to will be the Pattonsburg hosting North Andrews. That's the game I'll be uh, mainly focused on on Friday night, but I'll be watching the Battle of the Smash Mouth North Andrews versus the Air Raid Pattonsburg. It's always a fun uh, matchup of classes out there. But if we're going to win the top two games of the, comp- of the top ten matchups, the next best game, I think, is the Holt-Nolly Holt-East Atchison game. Uh, both have lost Livingston this year. Both struggled a lot with the Wildcats in their games. Both got wins in their other games. So I think those two teams can kind of battle for the third place, the 275, and be really interested to see how those games kind of um, manufacture, how they kind of come out there a little bit between those two schools and kind of see where they're gauging themselves at in the conference. Yeah, and, you know, we, we can point to the uh, the two offenses in Pattonsburg and North Andrew. Um, there's some things defensively these two teams have done. You know, North Andrew, we we're kind of used to them being strong defensively. Um, what impressed me so far is they have 27 tackles for loss in two games. Um, now only three sacks, 
but, you know, talking to Coach Dwayne Williams for the season, while they led the state in sacks last year, they gave up a lot of big plays. And so he said they wanted to back off that a little bit to be uh, better overall defense. Maybe that's what we're seeing there. But still, 27 in two games is impressive. And for Pattonsburg, you know, their issue has always been defense. And I think, you know, this year we're seeing an improved defense. You know, Cameron Jones will help, you know, every aspect of football. But they forced 10 turnovers in two games. Now, they haven't played the best opponents so far. Um, This will be their toughest test of the season. And they'll do it without Brett Emig, a wide receiver. Um, But still for North Andrew, it is going to be a test to stop Cameron Jones. And then they've gotten some uh, production out of sophomore Brody Langfitt. He's got 11 catches and three touchdowns in two games. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, Both coaches are great. Uh, The kids, you know, there's a lot of talent there. Um, And then a game that Devin has talked about a lot this week is Albany and Mountain City. Um, <laughs> it'd be a good test for both teams to see where they're at. I wasn't high on Albany coming into the season. They put up a good game against uh, Sanbury last week, so I'll be interested to see how that game goes. For Mound City, this will be their first test of the season, um, and I think we'll get a better idea of where they're at this year. Yeah, Mound City, they're a very talented team. Um, they got Tony Osborne playing quarterback this year that moved Landon Papa to more of a running back slash receiver kind of role for him a little bit. They're doing a little bit different than him, want to get him the ball a little bit more in space than being under center. So they're trying to use their athletes they have over there in kind of their best way. And I really want to see how Albany kind of matches up with them. I was really – I watched their game on Facebook Live versus Stanbury, and Albany has some good size. It has some guys out there. Uh, Truman Reynolds on defense played really well. Then on offense, tri-sport and quarterback with um, Ethan Mercer running back and Caden Hudson, a receiver and safety really stood out to me. It's some guys who definitely pop a little bit on the screen there for Albany. So we'll see if Albany can hang with Mount City. Maybe the GRC is pretty close. If not, maybe Mount City is just that much more talented than everybody else. We're not sure yet because Mount City beat Platte Valley and Stewartsville the first two weeks, kind of the, towards the bottom of the 275 there for the first couple of uh, games for them. But we'll know a lot about Mount City this week with Albany and then next week when they go to Ludlow to play Southwest Livingston. So, Next two weeks are huge uh, for Mount City. Yeah. My only thing with the – you know, I haven't seen Stanbury yet this year. I don't know how good they are defensively, but Albany had their issues. You know, Mercer had 109 yards, but it came on 25 carries. Uh, Trice Floyd was mm-hmm. basically shut down, uh, at least on the ground. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they improve offensively. And, you know, it, for them, it was their first week. So it may just be one of those things that uh, yeah. takes a little bit of time. But, you know, like you said, Truman was impressive. He had 15 tackles and a sack in one game. And uh, they'll need that performance, that kind of performance out of him this week if they want to hang with Mount City or beat Mount City. Get you out of here on this one, guys. You um, that Stanbury point you made and watching them on. Go ahead, Devin. No, you're fine. You're fine. Just real quick on Stanbury. Up front with Stanbury, um, Austin Colvin, he's a big – I think he's 6'4", 230, and every bit of it. He's a huge guy up front. Colin Sager, no linebacker. As of right now, before I put those stats in, he was leading the state with 30 tackles, and they're all right there in the line of scrimmage. Stanbury's big and physical up front. I'm kind of curious how they handle with teams with more speed on the outside, with, say, a Pattonsburg or teams like mm-hmm. that. But if they're going to play in a phone booth, they're going to be really good in those type of games. And I'll see how they match up this week with King City with Parker Muff, right now leading the state with over 500 yards through the first two weeks if they can kind of slow him down as well. So Stanberry with a big test with Parker Muff coming to town. We'll see 
how the run defense matches up against uh, Muff this week. So Stanberry did look impressive last week, though. Get you guys out of here on this one. Uh, one more time, where are you guys going to be at this Friday? I will be at uh, Pattonsburg for number seven, North Andrew, at number four, Pattonsburg. Uh, I can see Coach Williams, Coach Cavan again. Uh, they're always good to me, so should be fun. We'll have the halftime Facebook Live on Noitman Football and the post game as well with the winning coach and hopefully the player of the game as well. Yeah, I'll be at the Platte Valley Northwest Nottaway game. Uh, should be interesting to see uh, if Platte Valley can continue that momentum. Uh, you know, they had this last year where they beat DeCab. They went up against the Stewartsville team that I felt they should have beat, um, and they didn't. So we'll see if, you know, this year they can continue with the momentum from a win and get a win against the Muskets. Anthony Crane, Devin Albertson, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Chris.